What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. This week's podcast comes a day late due to the Qingming Festival, otherwise known as the Tomb Sweeping Festival in English. But don't you worry, we will make sure that all of our news is up to date and we're not missing out on any of the top stories, which include this week, why the price of semiconductors is rocketing, how a DNA COVID-19 vaccine is raking in all the dough, and how killer ants are literally rampaging over parts of China and wreaking havoc for the country's farmers. Here's everything you need to know about China and the world of business this week. Semiconductor prices are expected to continue rising throughout 2021 due to a combination of supply disruptions and robust demand. A rash of suppliers raised prices this month, beginning upstream with companies like Japan's top silicon producer, Shinetsu Chemical, which announced a price increase of between 10% and 20% for all silicon products starting April 1st, explaining the price hike being a result of China's robustly increasing demand. A Chinese vaccine maker developing a DNA coronavirus vaccine with U.S.-based Inovio Pharmaceuticals, Inc. has raised $86 million in new funding. Beijing Ad Vaccine Biotechnology Company Limited secured the strategic investment in its latest financing round, which was led by Matrix Partners China Management Limited and Honey Capital Limited. The DNA vaccine candidate is expected to enter phase three trials in the second quarter of 2021. China's services sector expanded at the fastest pace in three months in March, as companies' optimism jumped to a 10-year peak, according to a Caixin-sponsored survey. The Caixin China General Services Business Activity Index, also known as the Caixin Services PMI, which gives an independent snapshot of operating conditions in the services sector, rose to 54.3 in March from 51.5 the previous month. A number above 50 indicates an expansion in activity, while a figure below that points to a contraction. JD Technology, the fintech unit of Chinese e-commerce giant JD.com, Inc., withdrew its application for an initial public offering on Shanghai's Nasdaq-style star market, the exchange announced last week in an official statement. 
Although no reason was given for the withdrawal, the market was not surprised as the news comes amid a wide-ranging crackdown by Chinese authorities on the country's online finance industry, which in November led to the shelving of Ant Group's massive stock offering. China's central bank has started cross-border tests of its virtual yuan by allowing select Hong Kong residents to use it to make payments across borders, state media reported Thursday. Under a one-day pilot program sponsored by the People's Bank of China, PBOC, Hong Kong residents could use the central bank-developed digital currency to pay for things in the neighboring city of Shenzhen. The trial, which took place on Tuesday, highlights the PBOC's interest in expanding testing of its digital currency, which has so far been limited to retail payments on the Chinese mainland. China has rolled out new rules for the country's too-big-to-fail banks, Bloomberg has reported. Financial regulators plan to impose additional capital requirements on the nation's systemically important banks, seeking to curb risks and safeguard stability of the $49 trillion industry. Banks considered too big to fail will be put into five categories and face a surcharge of between 0.25% and 1.5% on top of the mandatory capital adequacy ratios, the People's Bank of China and the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission announced last week in a new set of draft regulations. And finally, China's farmers are scrambling to control an invasion of crop-munching fire ants, According to the Agricultural Ministry, the red imported fire ants originally from South America are destroying crops and damaging farmers' livelihoods. The insects have spread to at least 435 counties in 12 provinces, around double the number of counties where it was found in 2016, according to the ministry's latest figures. The ants eat both plants and other animals, such as insects and dead mammals. They've existed in China since at least 2004, And in 2006, the country's agriculture ministry estimated that the ants would cause $19.5 billion in economic losses over 35 years without effective measures to control their spread. Let's welcome Nandini Vincata, who is, of course, Taishin Global's podcast producer, with whom I have the pleasure of working each week on this show. Great to have you on again, Nandini. Hey, Kaiser. Great to be here. Okay, so what you got for us this week? All right, well... For this week's episode, I thought about brightening things up with a pretty fun and also bemusing story. And it's all about a curious report which came out recently from Nature. Nature is, of course, the pretty well-known and well-regarded British science journal. Mm -hmm. And this report had some really startling things to say about sham science research being pumped out by paper mills. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who's not heard of the term before, paper mills are these basically sketchy ghostwriting companies. Um, The idea is that you pay them a fee and then they will write your academic paper, although quality may definitely, definitely vary. Right. And I should stress that this dodgy behavior has been detected all over the world. So it's definitely not a China-specific problem. For example, when I was doing my bachelor's back in the UK, there was a lot in the news going on at the time about university students who were cheating by using the services of such paper mills in order to get their coursework done. Mm -hmm. Um, But this 
nature article isn't about university students engaging in dodgy behavior or such dodgy antics, but it's rather about how some Chinese doctors are apparently doing this. The article alleges that numerous authors from Chinese companies have been turning to such shady ghostwriting companies who are then publishing fraudulent research papers. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper into these accusations. What's the scale of these fraudulent activities according to Nature? Okay, so Nature reported that China was the source of 370 scientific papers, uh, which had to be retracted since January 2020. And the report says that all of these were supposedly written by authors at Chinese hospitals, However, some probing by publishers or independent investigators has led to some allegations that these retracted papers were nothing but fake scientific reports that were simply just churned out by paper mills. And the reason some Chinese doctors have been resorting to such ghostwriting services is because this helps push forward their careers. So getting their medical research published appears to be critical for advancing their careers. But given that these doctors are also so saddled with work, they simply don't have enough time to do the writing by themselves. So that's where the paper mills seem to come in. But it's not like this is a brand new phenomenon. Last year in China's eastern Jiangsu province, the authorities clamped down on a shady ghostwriting group and it turned out that most of the ghostwriters did not have a senior or even junior high school diploma. But nonetheless, over 1,000 medical staff from hospitals across China reportedly paid for the services of this paper mill crew. We're talking about medical research, so I'm assuming there are some very, very serious consequences uh, to this kind of fraud at this scale. Yes, Absolutely. For one, it's extremely worrying um, that such ongoings could taint the academic reputations of all Chinese medical researchers. So one could wonder if this could make it harder for Chinese medical researchers to get their work published in the future, especially among global publishers. And I should also point out that cracking down on such academic fraud is pretty tricky. I did just mention how the police busted a paper mill crew in Jiangsu last year, but it can definitely be hard to work out which reports have been written by fake paper factories. And that's simply because it can be challenging to find sufficient evidence. So all in all, it is definitely troubling to think about how many sham science articles could be floating around out there. Mm -hmm. In fact, going back to that same nature reports, it said that it expects more science reports to be retracted soon. So it does make one wonder, could these reports go on to influence scientific research or even policy? It's a pretty scary thought. Scary indeed. Thanks, Nandini, for this and for all your hard work every week. Looking forward to having you back on the show again soon. Thanks, Kaiser. Speak to you soon. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Vincata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. 
Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Caixin Global, SubChina, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.